Hello and welcome back to the Get Your Film Fix podcast. I'm Lee Carlo with Chapin Hemingway and Jeremy Fisk. It's been a while, guys. How you doing? Yeah, let's do it. I'm pumped. What was your name Let again? The healing begin. Yeah. I'm Lee. <laughs> Jeremy and Chapin. You know, it's interesting. I was thinking people don't realize how much work goes into this podcast and specifically how much work goes into the fixies. And we were oh, so exhausted God. after the fixies, which was way back in April, that we literally couldn't even lift the remote to press play on a movie. That's, I think that's what the story was with you guys. That was, But I think it me. was worth it because we heard from a lot of industry professionals um, mm -hmm. about the Fixies, uh, yep. like Anthony Hopkins, who yep. was... Well, play uh, that recording now. Yeah. Oh. oh, I didn't record anything. He just sort of called in. He's like, I don't want to be recorded, but I, I kind of knew I was going to win the Oscar based on uh, the Fixies. But I'm an old man. I need to sleep. And I only stayed up for the fixies, which was nice yeah. of him to do. Yeah, especially because it was longer than the Oscars. <laughs> he loved it, though. <laughs> yeah. So, listen, we're back. We're back in the saddle. Um, had a long discussion about what movie we should discuss as we kick things back off here. Uh, mm -hmm. So we deferred to our great movie series. And interestingly enough, we picked a movie that may or may not be a great movie, but it is... 1997's Oscar winner Titanic written and directed by James Cameron one of the highest grossing movies of all time winner of 11 Academy Awards including Best Picture so we're going to settle the score here we're going to decide whether or not this is actually a great movie was it worthy of all its Oscars was it worthy of the acclaim at the time where does it sit in uh, the canon of great movies now and you know, personally, I think I've got a lot to talk about with this movie. I'm sure you guys do, too. So that'll take up most of the podcast. Take a journey. Back in time. In search of a mystery. Locked beneath the sea. This January... You will be given the key. We're going to America. Oh, forget it, Boyle. You'll never get next to the likes of her. Don't come any closer. I'll let go. No, you won't. You are not to see that boy again. I'm the king of the world! That made you think you could put your hands on my fiance. It's not up to you to save me, Jack. He's got you trapped. If you don't break free, you're gonna die. It's a ship. There's only so many places she can be. Find her. Iceberg, right ahead! All right, guys. So I want to start in a little bit of an unconventional place when it comes to this movie, because while I'm sure start we at have the tip of the iceberg. <laughs> Brilliant. How many more of those do we have planned? That's all Jeremy wrote down. <laughs> um, look, we have a lot to talk about with this movie. I think, you know, everything from its relevance at the time to where it stands now to the actual quality of it. But there's obviously something very significant about this movie and in this movie that is important to us, but I think in a very different context. And that's Leonardo DiCaprio, who is one of yeah. our favorite actors of all time. And one of the most bankable movie stars of all time, certainly one of the most bankable movie stars right now. And he is the star of this movie, one of the two stars of this movie. Yet when we talk about Titanic, when we think about Titanic, I would say that DiCaprio is kind of a little bit down the list. You know, maybe he's right there with Winslet, although I would argue that Winslet's ahead of him when discussing this movie. And he's certainly behind James Cameron and the Academy Awards that it won and the gross um, dollars that it made at the box office. So I'm just curious on your general thoughts there. Leonardo DiCaprio, the star of Titanic. I, I think he's not good in this. And I love Leo. Um, you know, I think I think Leo is a true movie star in the sense that um, I mean, I love him in the sense that he, I think, just picks great roles and he works with great directors and he's a force to get movies made. And like, there's, I don't think there's been anything he's made that I haven't seen 
you know, since Titanic. And, you know, we used to say that about Tom Cruise, you know, once they're, if they're in it, that's going to be a good movie. Um, but what I'll say is I, I, and I think he's a really good actor, but I don't think he's like a Daniel Day Lewis. He's got a speed. We right. kind of, we kind of like what he offers us. We like what he gives us. Um, but I don't, I don't know that he's like, he's not a chameleon in the sense, you know, I think he's more akin to, to a Jack Nicholson than a Daniel Day Lewis. And I, I, okay. I just don't think he's good in this. And, um, <clears throat> You know, I think we'll talk a lot about what's good and bad about Titanic. That's what we're here for. But, you know, I don't know that it's the best written role either. Um, I think, you know, Rose has a lot more to do and is more interesting. And obviously Winslet is a great actress. Um, and but I think he just, you know, in, in I forgot what. Remember how we used to say, like we say, Timothy Chalamet sort of brought a modernism and a good modernism to little women yep. in, in this film leo feels contemporary he feels like a 90s kid he's got a kind of a <laughs> 90s haircut and he talks so, like so a 90s kid mentioned the haircut yeah and, i feel like that messes with like the authenticity of his character yeah well i'm i'm famous for saying that i never liked leo until the departed and then after the departed he's become one of my favorite actors and that has a lot to do with Titanic, but I also hadn't seen Titanic in eight years or whenever, 10 years. I, I honestly can't remember. Um, and for all its success, I honestly think Titanic had bad casting <laughs> from the beginning. And I, and I know that sounds crazy and I, everyone's going to be like, click off this is whatever but like i i think leo looks too young and winslet doesn't look regal enough in this movie and i think she's great and honestly leo is better than i remember him to be but there's just something off about the look of them i feel like she's 10 years older than him and why is she listening to him he looks like a 12 year old boy um, so I, I'm, I'm definitely mixed on this because I don't think either are bad in this. And I think Winslet's better than Leo is, but I just think the looks of them kind of are off for some reason. And maybe it's, maybe it's bad casting like aesthetically and good casting based on their performances, but there's something that is is always thrown me about that. Is that just me? Am I just crazy? Should I just leave uh, I this mean, podcast I think, forever? N- well, uh, I'm with Chapin. I, I, I'm not crazy about Leo's performance in this movie. I, I'm not sure it has as much to do with Leo himself as much as some other circumstances and things he had to work with here. But like the dialogue, the horrible, horrible the dialogue, dialogue, the screenplay, the direction. I mean, we can use this to kind of dive in in one direction or the other. But <clears throat> before we do, like, I'm curious also just what Winslet and DiCaprio's careers look like without this movie, because part right, of me well, feels like well, they'd be the same. Can I chime in before that? Like, all right. So I think we all agree on that. But like, ultimately, does the movie work for you guys? Because. I think that's really going to frame our discussion moving <clears throat> forward because I think the movie works. I just like, there's something about it that just fucking works uh, to me, even though I agree with you, Lee, that the, the performances aren't great. The dialogue's not great. The direction's not great, but there's something about this movie that well, just ultimately works. And so, I think if you don't think that, then we're going to have different discussions sure. here. And I yes. think, we should I think that's talk true, but, that. but but the, we have to apply a, a, a larger standard here, which is: is it one of the great movies? And we did that with The Departed, and we had so we have to do it here, and so it can sure. it can work for you. But I think I don't, it's a tale I, I don't of think two that's movies. The same thing. I think I think that there is the first nearly probably two thirds of this movie that ultimately don't work on a number of different levels. And I think the final act of this movie, post iceberg, is pr- pretty impressive, kind of borderline extraordinary. And that's like I think the second that's, half of this movie, to be honest. I think that's where 
James Cameron's strengths as a director shine. The rest of this movie to me is is kind of nonsense. <laughs> it's uh, there's so much bad about the story of Jack and Rose and the the screenplay itself and how Cameron directs the actors that I just find it nearly laughable at times. Like I just think so much of it is pointless and doesn't work that even though I sort of love the last part of this movie and it's super exciting and I'm always impressed by the scale of it, it's not enough to save it. It certainly doesn't warrant being a great movie. I think big picture, yeah, it probably works as a whole, I think, if I'm going to give it the benefit of the doubt. But ultimately, it definitely doesn't hit the standard that we're looking for for the great movie series. But I I, I want to talk about the details, especially of that first half or first two thirds okay so we can all agree it's not gonna uh amount to the get your film fix great movies uh series standard but as a as a film in general chapin yes no does it work did you feel anything or you're just like you yeah. you were just too cold and numb because you're sitting in those waters um there's another one um He'd love to jump in those waters right now. I yeah, imagine. I would love that. It's 110 degrees here in Portland. Um, I think ultimately the movie works. Um, I, I was going to bring this up. Um, do you guys remember, do you know, can you guys name the last movie that was number one, the number one movie at the box office that also won best picture? Oh, that also won best picture. before this one. Because well, I know before this, Jurassic Park was the yes, but it was highest grossing movie, sure. right? And it, then so it's possible it could have been The Godfather. I'm not sure, but um, I didn't. I, I didn't answer that question. I should have done the research. <laughs> oh, you no, didn't know I thought, the answer. I thought you were ready with an answer. You can't I, just, hey, do you guys know? Because I don't. Well, Lee will Google it, and I think I'm right. But but this is such a rare thing, and it happened again shortly after on, in Return of the King. But where a movie. And, and Titanic was well liked by critics as well. It wasn't like a green book wins, you know, sort of sweeps the Oscars and it's also the number one movie. I mean, this was like such a huge deal when it came out, it was number one for like 20 weeks, sort of unheard of modern box office. And you know, a lot of that had to do with the romance. And I don't think like the romance is ever what interests me in this movie. I think it's probably the weak weakest link. Um, but something there was something extraordinary about that decision to make the sinking of the Titanic be about these two fictional characters who fall in love. Um, I, I don't think the romance works. I mean, I think there's a, like, like why not have them know each other before the boat? Like you've got this issue with the, that the boat sinks, you know, 48 hours after they leave. So yeah, they don't know so each other. Happen. <laughs> but, um, you know, it worked for a lot of people. And well, I think I think the reason it works so well and why people respond to it is because she's in a relationship she doesn't want to be in, and she wants to get out and have this sort of excitement and actually be in love. And I think that aspect of it is what attaches to a lot of people. And and I get that, but but Cameron insists on it being this like great love. I mean, I think that that is nicely framed with the Gloria Stewart stuff. Like she clearly like lived a life and has this like kind of cool attitude and um but never know, it's mentioned kind of this guy for her entire life right, like that, right and but that's kind of a throwaway is, quick line that wasn't right, no, but like, that's what a I'm, microcosm of the problems I, with this screenplay i like that idea that like she okay she had this fling during this extraordinary moment where like tons of people yeah, died that's such a cool concept it's a, it's a smart concept but it's that isn't i mean the movie makes us think like I mean, they say I, they love you, right? Like, like it was this great, you know, the movie's wrapped up in, in their romance and that this is this great romance when honestly, I think I would have bought it more if it was just like a, I mean, they could be a, I mean, you know, there could be plenty of romance and, and them getting together. That's fine. But just the fact that like this, this romance sort of defined the sinking of the Look. ship. Look, structurally, this screenplay is kind of brilliant. It's not all like they, she is in a relationship to need to be in or doesn't like 
or want to be in. She meets a guy who's in a different class. There's literally the class separated by levels in this boat. And they find each other. And then this giant historic event happens. And they get to experience it together. Like, structurally, this is brilliant and put together perfectly. <laughs> you, I think you're giving this script way too much credit. I, I think the dialogue's bad. I think the writing's sure. bad, but I think the structure yeah, of it the, is actually the, okay. The Ron Howard more elevator perfect. pitch is yeah, great. Yeah. Sure, but the okay. way it's executed, Fine. it just—I don't know. I—I I, I don't. Do you buy Jack and Rose, Jeremy? Like who is who is this Jack? I don't. Person? I only don't buy him because of the casting. To be honest with you. If really? it was so what's a different your casting, I may have I, the, bought the Capri, it. If it was, was Timothy Chalamet and Saoirse Ronan, I may have bought this. I mean, this is them then, though. Like, this I, is... I know, totally. but they look so... These two just don't... It doesn't mesh with me. Well, I don't know how to fix that, but the... Can can we... I, I I'm... I'm cautious here because I don't want it to sound like I'm nitpicking things, but I do want to kind of break down like this structure that you're so fond of, Jeremy, because I do like, like we basically, you know, we open on what I imagine is a, a extraordinarily illegal search for this diamond in the middle of the ocean by well, Bill he, Paxton but, but and But then crew. it's on the news. All right. Well, right. whatever. But I don't understand how what they're doing That's is not legal. illegal. They were just looking at the Titanic. Oh, we got this technology. <laughs> we're going down. Oh, looking for the diamond sure but that's he's why just it's like, not illegal you can do whatever you he want just, like Bottom all he's doing is looking for this one thing space. that's going to give him a payday that he can sell anyway that's beside what? the point and then that but that's that's the MacGuffin to get you know the story told I, and okay. then that leads to Go this on. voiceover that is just very very sporadic throughout the movie it gives us the impression that this is Rose's tale and within five minutes of hearing Rose's story, we cut to an entirely new perspective that his that she would have a story that she would have no part of. Basically, his poker game. So we lose that aspect of the structure of the movie. It's gone. Oh, that, like does, he's, that didn't bother me one second. He's totally like it. abandoned the like the parameters that he's set by having this be her telling the story. Because you now have two characters that you have to see two separate I mean, stories Titanic until they meet. Been terrible. If it was only her perspective, I mean, sure, not but then would have been why have the why have the bookends? I think, I think this movie is just as successful if it opens with, you know, her getting onto the Titanic, and then we cut to Jack getting on the Titanic. I mean, yeah, that, that I'm, works I'm not just as successful. To be so, honest, I'm not against it. The only thing I like about it is that I I like the idea of the 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 concept of time in it. And sure. you can relate to sort of the see the thing about the Titanic is it's always been a like historical event and you can make fun of well, it. Like I want to ask a question so about far, that because maybe you guys remember. I don't. What was the the historical significance really in the you know modern culture of the Titanic before this movie? Well, how much was it ever talked about? It was it was kind of well, I mean, mysterious. I mean, they discovered the wreck. At some point, right, re- relatively close to the movie, and then but, but it wasn't like a pop culture thing. Like nobody, uh, I think it was. Yeah, that. we I don't remember. It, I, think, that. I think it definitely was. It? was. Do you guys remember? Yeah, because, See, I don't remember if yes, I knew because really I'll tell anything you, I, about the Titanic before this movie. I was so excited for this movie when it came out. I followed the production of it because I was so excited about someone like a modern depiction of what because the, you knew real, about it because it took place on the sea, Chapin. Let's be honest. Okay, yeah, it's a sea adventure, but also. Like, what does this look like? What does this like? Like, what does this actually look like? I mean, there's a night to remember, which I think didn't get yeah. the the details of the sinking right, which I don't really understand because, like, how do we know? We don't don't right. didn't people know it split in half or whatever? But but um, you know, this is going to be this this you know this Titanic. Sorry to use the verb, but this Titanic director. Oh, doing here we Titanic. go. There's an example. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. Well, that was a side a sidebar. I wasn't I wasn't sure. I was just curious about whether or not the you know. No, it's not like the like the Bismarck or some other like random sinking. Titanic is like the most famous shipwreck in the world by far, and okay. has intrigued people for for years. 
Yeah, I like how Lee's just like, who cared about it beforehand? No, I just meant kind of the broader, like, pop culture referencing of the Titanic. Like, I think maybe I knew that there was a ship that was supposedly unsinkable that sank, but, you know... There literally was a unsinkable Molly Brad, the Oklahoma or something that oh, was that's a right. musical yeah, that was the play. about her. Yeah. Like, it's it's a pretty big deal, Lee. All right, that was my question. I didn't remember. God damn it. Leave me alone. Um, all right, so we move, we move through this love story. Now, I, again, we always try not to do this and then we do it, but, like, I had this idea that, and they touch on it in this, towards the end, but, like, this movie could have been really interesting if it was really just about, like, a, almost a Downton Abbey type of thing where you see the people working on the ship people who take care of the first class passengers, people who take care of the lower class passengers and you you so meet you them to be and, more of an, an ensemble piece. A little bit and you under, and then that way you also understand like the trauma that those crew uh went through at the end of this movie. And you get a little bit of it yeah, at the end. There's a couple it. characters that you all that you see. Sure, but I think had we known had we followed those characters all throughout, it would have been I think a little bit yeah, but you Cameron know, only cares about the rich but... people who, you know, built the ship and designed it. And So, again, I, I think I, I didn't buy Jack and Rose at all. I think, you know, for for a couple that gets together for a total of, like, six hours, it's hard to, it's hard to get behind that relationship. But I, had no I don't problem with it. I don't bu- I don't buy the relationship. I think that's the weakest part of the movie. But when you get to the iceberg, literally that scene where they say iceberg right ahead, from then on, I'm, I'm glued to this movie. And that's the part, Chapin, that you were excited about. Like, I want to see a director like Cameron recreate that. And I think he I does it see amazingly. people die. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I want to see the that's carnage. That's the thing. That's a, the second half of this movie is awesome and it's so cool, but it's literally watching <laughs> each person and how they die slowly in this. And that's, again, another great thing about the stru- structure of the screenplay because you have an event where this awful thing happens, but it happens relatively slowly. And you can sort of put everyone's reaction and how they deal with it into perspective and put it into this film. And that's amazing and then yes you have the the two um, uh main people that you're you're following but there are a lot of others you're sort of dealing with i mean even even those shot just the one shot of the old couple that resign themselves to dying yeah. in their room and and holding each other you get it you get all that and i think that's super powerful sure that stuff works but but i'm talking about just that the technical aspect of this movie, the end, the I think the scale of it, this ship splitting in half, there's it going up, like coming out of the water, like all that stuff is so impressive to me. Those shots down when they're after he gets rescued and they're you know the lights are flashing and they're running through the water, it's just so Hollywood, but it looks so cool and it's just a really epic experience. And I think it's a huge, huge part of why people went to see this in the theater so many times. I know, you know, teenage girls went to see this a million times because they loved Leonardo DiCaprio and they loved this love love story. And, you know, I do think it's interesting that I, you know, I it seems like, and I'm not trying to be, you know, I'm not trying to generalize this too much, but it seems like women like the first half of this movie and don't like the end and men are sort of the opposite. I, and Well, do you know that? I don't know that, but I've heard from um, a few women that really like the first half of this movie and kind of don't care about the end. And I'm the exact opposite. So that's sort of what I'm basing it on. Yeah, it's a very I'm small sample size, but... My, the second half of this movie is definitely my favorite. <laughs> all right, let's talk a little bit. All right, so I want to talk about the acting in conjunction with James Cameron directing actors because I think he's awful at it. Yeah, I and, agree with that. But, and but, I think but, but, that some, wait, 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 wait. Do you think he's awful at that because of this movie or in all cases? Uh, so this movie definitely, and it made me try to think about all cases, and I don't know that I have a lot of good examples of good performances in his movies. Uh, how about um, um, Sigourney Weaver in Aliens? She's very good in Alien, in Aliens, yes. Um, but that's also a character that was built and right. massaged and established by Ridley Scott. Um if you look at 
Michael Bean and Bill Paxton in Aliens, you get an example of what Cameron brings to the table with his his troop. I do feel like Cameron doesn't care about the acting as much as the storytelling and the visual parts of movie making. I feel like it's secondary. Definitely, of course. There's no question about it. But there's a lot of dialogue in this movie, and it's poorly written, but it's also poorly delivered. And it's clear that like the director has no right, timing, here, and like the, the one-liners the we, that are so bad. We know how good Leo is, and we know how good Kate Winslet is. So how much can you like at that point? Yeah, you could I, be I think like, Kate oh. Winslet is good in this. Okay, I think she's no, very. We know how good we know how good yeah. they are in general. Like, so how much can you blame on them as much as well, you can? That's my blame point. I, Cameron. I, I blame a lot on Cameron for the their performances and and a lot of the performances in this movie. There's some performances I actually quite like. Um, I I'm curious what you guys thought. I really like Billy Zane in this movie. Yeah, I think he's excellent. Yeah, uh, I think, I think that. Speaking of casting, I actually think that's excellent casting. Yep, it's really he good casting. Perfectly fits that role. He plays such a good sleaze bag and you know rich pompous asshole. I really like I think, him. I think Victor Garber is really Victor good Garber him. is great. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think Kathy Bates is. I think she's over nah, the she's top. No, she's not great. I like uh, Frances Fisher p- plays um, Rose's mother, who I think, and I think she's really good. Mm. Um, what about what about uh, Lovejoy? <laughs> what do you guys think of him in this movie? It's such a weird character. Yeah, it's, it's like such a loyal guy, but you don't really Who's quite that? understand why. Lovejoy is like uh, is is Billy Zane's like guy, you know that? Oh yeah, no, that's weird. I don't like him. <laughs> yeah, okay. not into him, and also not into like they could have completely cut uh, what's his name, uh, Leo's friend there from the beginning. There's no Fabrizio. reason for him. Yeah, no reason for him to be in this movie. Yeah, I guess not. But that's, I mean, again, that's some script stuff that, you know, some extraneous things that are in this movie. I don't know why he had to be Italian. I thought that was, I guess it's because there's all these different people on the Titanic. Um, But I just think the way Cameron directs all of these scenes is so stiff. Like the, And that's part of the problem with Jack and Rose is there's the chemistry is not really there. You almost, you see that. You see the effort that DiCaprio and Winslet are making to create chemistry with those characters. And I think they probably achieve it, but not to the degree that it needed to, to put this movie, that part of the movie on par with the last half of this movie. And I think that's because Cameron just can't direct these actors. He can't direct his own dialogue. And I just think that you're right, Jeremy, it's not what's most important to him. But if he's going to have most of his movie take place as a love story and dialogue and, you know, the differences in the class and, you know a lot of talking then he needs to have more concern for that it can't just be about this the spectacle yeah well but we just identified a bunch of good performances and casting but do you think that i think he should not have written this script you know, like the guy's a sci-fi writer. I think he's got cool ideas. He's a he's a visualist. He's he's like Ridley Scott in that sense. He likes to design things. But you know, maybe have someone else doing a pass with you. Because you I know think what's that's a great what's, point. what's weird is that the Nova Scotia stuff, the stuff that's on on the sort of modern day stuff, I think works better from a scripting point of view. I mean, it may you know it's a framing device, of course, but I think that stuff kind of has that modern kind of Cameron feel to it, like with Bill well, Paxton. Because that's just and, like what he does. Like, exactly, right. That interests and, him. And I like yeah. I like the like chubby, f- f- you know, friend of his. Yeah. Who, <laughs> uh, you know, like that stuff is really good. It's funny. It kind of like... Was that... I liked him in Lost. A different guy. Okay. Um, and No, you're right. It does feel like a first draft. Yeah, like, it and, feels like definitely. a first but it, draft. It feels of like a one of us. Where he just we, like plowed ahead with like what he wanted to do, which was yeah. the visual effects and the deep sea diving, and like the that's thing is, what he was interested in. But what's what's ironic about that, Jeremy, is that it's the romance that made this movie what it is. I mean, maybe not to oh, us, yeah. but yeah, like but, if if you don't have this well, romance, maybe that's where we give 
Leo this was in theaters and for like so much credit. Weeks. Like but, maybe that's where we give them credit, where even though like on the surface they couldn't overcome the bad dialogue and maybe how they looked at the time and like all that, but they. But just, the thing is that how they, they looked they at the manufactured, time. They I mean, they they were so good. They were good enough to like make make this work. Make Chapin that reference this like. 90s pretty boy aesthetic that DiCaprio has in this movie and that was I mean I'm not I'm not trying to discredit the movie or these people although I am sort of discrediting a large audience that went to see this movie that's why they went to see it in the theater six times because they loved DiCaprio they loved the relationship between Jack and Rose they were heartbroken at the end the the my heart will go on song played everywhere like that was the significance of this movie and why it played in theaters for so long. Yeah. I mean, it was literally in theaters for over a year. You can't this is do things that, that anymore. never happen anymore. Never. And it was number one at the box office for just weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks because people saw it over and over and over again. Imagine seeing something and loving it so much, and the only way to see it again is to pay whatever twelve dollars sure. and go see it again, which is not a thing anymore. But I also think that this is a this is a very significant number one movie of all time. Avatar passed it ten years later or thirteen which, years which later. Would, we should have a discussion about that because if what a what if we're talking about things being wrong in Titanic, like well, talk about culturally insignificant of a movie. Well we're gonna have a sequel next year that we can Avatar talk about. Like does anyone but then, remember anything about that movie? Like any really. character's name, any dialogue, anything. At least Titanic, there are memorable moments. It's much more s- significant historically. But th- this movie, like, no, I'm not even now talking that... historically. Just as a movie, like, what you can't, you don't remember anything. Yeah. Well, that's what I mean. The movie is not. Cul- it's like the culturally, it's in our culturally, yeah, no. it's nothing. It's a zero. But what my point is is that Titanic fully earned its number one movie of all time where you know the avengers endgame ticket prices are higher like a lot of people saw that movie but it's it's just a different world that we're living in in terms of box office numbers and i think titanic opened is truly like in a reasonable way and then built and built and built and sustained an audience it's it's incredible yes and i think titanic is like the last true number one movie of all time i think like anything moving forward it's going to be a different circumstance. Yeah, well, I think I think yeah. we don't have these moments anymore. I mean, even in the time, it was so unique that a movie was number one for 20 weeks. Um, but that that kind of cultural moment doesn't happen around movies that often anymore, where, where everybody's talking about it. I mean, like... Where where young Jeremy has to like literally after eighteen weeks because everybody's talking about it tell his mom I need to go see Titanic because yeah. everybody's talking about it and then go with his mother to see Titanic. But if I but if I said like if I said to my mom have you seen Avengers Endgame I don't think she would know what I was talking about. But I asked her like would you want to watch like Titanic? you're saying back like if you were to transport yourself fifteen years ago. But even now even now she knows what Titanic is. I mean, she knows yeah. that the movie is. I mean, it's just, it's such a it was such a, an important cultural moment, and in a, like I still think movies are very important culturally. But we don't. I I can't remember anything that's been like that before. Uh, that that has come along like that. I mean, maybe the Lord of the Rings movies has come somewhat close. Um, yeah, I would say the Lord of the Rings are relatively close. But that's again, how how long are we talking? Twenty years now? Fifteen years? Yeah, it's well, been and a that's long the. Time. And that's what's interesting is that like as big as the MCU is and, you know, the excitement that surrounded, you know, Infinity War and Endgame, the the it, broadly, the amount of people talking about it was small in comparison to Titanic. You know what I mean? Like it in and did it didn't Avatar pass re, repass Endgame again? Like it re-released in theaters during the pandemic and like made a few know, bucks. Maybe so it, it's technically number one again. But who who are these but, people? That's what I, I don't understand with Avatar. Like who are these people that are like I I don't know a single fan of Avatar. 
I well, don't know anyone that can <clears throat> quote it. I don't know anyone that can name a character. Like, what this is This is it? the strength of James Cameron, though. Because do you guys remember when Avatar was coming out? He said it's going to be the biggest grossing, highest grossing movie of all time. He basically just said that's what it's going to be. And then it was. And like he just knows how to make that type of movie. And I guarantee yeah, wait, that Avatar back, 2 go back, go back. is going to make a like, ton, of mo- ton of money. Let's talk about that. Why, when James Cameron said it was going to... Like, wh- what are you talking about? Why did that well, happen? It did, though. It became the highest grossing movie of I all know, time. He but said I'm that it to get would... to the bottom of this. Is the next I, Avatar going to be... Like, are people going to I bet go it makes it? a ton of money. because It's going to make a ton of money, but like... <clears throat> I think for similar reasons that Nolan can make a lot of money with his movies. They are targeted to a, a very movies, wide audience. Yeah, but take that out of the equation. They're targeted to a wide audience. They're PG-13. They're, they are, uh, well, I mean, not in Nolan's case, but in Cameron's case, they're, you know, visual effects heavy. So they are, are suge- I mean, what, what Cameron said is that he is going to have visual effects like you've never seen before. And that's what got people's curiosity peaked. And right. that's what he used to basically say this is going to be the highest untrue. grossing movie of all time. It's not, but it ultimately, I think, led to some underwhelming visual effects <laughs> because of what he prepared us for. But in the end, he knows how to bring an audience in. And are we all right? Here's the big question: Is get your film fix going to see the next Avatar? Yeah, of course. We're going to have yeah, to. Yeah, probably. <clears throat> we have no choice, Jeremy. We've gotten we've gotten so big. That we have to see all the movies. Yeah, we'll have that private screening with well, James Cameron. What else do you guys have to say about this? Because I, you know, I think I think what is as interesting as it is to discuss this movie when the dust has settled, it's an above There's average no movie dust, that's very wet. That <laughs> when the ice has melted, the it's and I think an above average movie that isn't quite deserving of what it got at the time i mean i mean i would agree in terms with of that. awards i, like I mean little, i think it was deserving I feel like of the I'm money a it higher made. on it than you guys are but i would agree with that i'm not like well it's it's we i think i've mentioned this before i admire the the balls of cameron i mean he's just a he's just a f- relentless filmmaker you know he just he doesn't and and like I don't know. We could talk about that a little bit. Like he just got this awful refu- reputation, particularly from this movie. I mean, I don't think he was a nice person to work with at all. Yeah, Winslet really had a, some harsh things to say about it. Yeah, the time on the set. And she, uh, I don't. You have any of those, Lee? I'd like to hear them if you got them. But I mean, so let me look it up while you're talking. Because so it was recently that she said something. Yeah, because she's an Avatar too. Maybe, maybe um, they've, she they've is? made it up. Yeah, yeah. but uh, holding her breath for a record time. But it's a. It is a, it is a, um, an achievement that I, like, like I said, I, like I, I, I get in these situations and I'm just like, there's no way this film would be the way that it is unless the, usually the director was just like a force of nature. I'm trying to think of what movie we were talking about the context of, but I mean, a producer doesn't say, well, we've got to build the whole ship, right? They say, how do we do this cheaply? Shoot it this way, shoot it that way. But Cameron, I'm sure, came up with the idea of building the ship, <laughs> building a studio to contain the ship. I mean, they built a studio to make this movie. And yeah. I mean, it is it is amazing. Like, you, you watch it. And as someone who works in the film industry, like there are, there are scenes where they're flooding these whole, uh, uh, like the 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 dining area and the staircase and all this stuff. And you're just like, shit, that was a build. And not only was that a build, they had to pump in a ton of water for that. This is like, I mean, they they sh- sank a 900 foot boat. For real, for sure. It, it's amazing. Like it's amazing. Yeah. What they were able to accomplish, and I have utmost respect for that because I love that aspect of it because it involves no locations. You just <laughs> build it, and you just fucking do what you want to do, and you control and looks, what you want to control. It looks great. Like so, the 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 shots of the Titanic before the sinking look like 
you know, stages look like they were built. Well, there's like, a lot of CGI, like yeah. early CGI too, when there's but those I think it camera still moves looks across good. the. It still it does. It still looks pretty good, but you can tell mm. it's you know looks a little bit like it was like it, it looks was like a built. video game. At but points. then, you know, there's that we've talked about it before that that brilliance of Jurassic Park being at night and in the rain. You can't you can't really tell. You can't see the the cracks in the seams of the CGI and the sets. So this yeah, ship well, sinks at night it. and all that stuff's at night and it looks so cool and so realistic when I'm that ship breaks in half bad, and falls in the water. I'm not even holding shots against it because it was of the time. It was I'm not either. I just, I, I just am commenting on how impressive it is later when you can't yeah. see those cracks. Like when you do, when it's nighttime and, you know, the way that the, the you know, those wide shots of the ship is so impressive. You feel like you're there, like you make... Those are the scenes that make you imagine what it would be like to be sitting in those lifeboats looking back at that. Um, And, you know, I think that's... I think it'd be interesting to see how this movie did if it came out now and why. And if it was super successful, which I imagine it would be, I think it would be because of the stuff that we like. I think think the love story wouldn't wouldn't hold i don't think that that would i disagree you still think that like teenage girls and stuff would all right so if they made it shot for shot the cgi would be better but i think the love story would still be the the selling point if they Mm. just did a thing where it was more about the tragedy i don't think it would be as good well, I'm not suggesting they change the movie. I'm I'm just suggesting what would be the draw, and you think it would still be the love story. You don't think it would be the the sinking. Yes. Hmm. That's interesting. Yeah, definitely. Well, speaking of the theaters, guys, I went back. Oh. Had my first trip back to the theater, and I saw, got COVID. And got <laughs> COVID. Saw a Quiet Place too. Oh yeah, tell us about Quiet Place Two. Is it well, is a recommendation? Should we get back to the theater and go see it? I mean, it's good. It's it's uh, wasn't ultimately a big fan of Quiet Place One. Ultimately, it's the same as Quiet Place One. Like it Which has you on that has you on one. the edge of your seat. You know, it's exciting. Um, Millicent Simmons is is really really good in it. She's definitely the highlight of the movie. Um, but it's it's just like there's not really much substance to it. It's you know it's it's there to entertain you, and that's enough. It was a good return to the theater. I liked it. If you guys caught anything else, I watched In the Heights too. How was that? Uh, I didn't love it. It was you know, no it was Hamilton. The, the music the 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 musical numbers were were fun and you know very energetic and really impressive. Um, really good choreography, but the you know ultimately I didn't love it that much. But so what what uh what's coming out in the theater? In the theater recently, I well, so can I mean we Black go... Widow is the next big theater movie. That's next week. Yeah. Um, Are we, we gonna got, go see that? We got Soderbergh's movie on HBO Max this week. That'll probably be our next, which we could do. Yeah. No sudden move. Um, with Benicio del Toro, Matt Damon. That's a pretty good cast. Um, but let me pull up our let me pull up our spreadsheet, guys. Well, let's not make Talk the, about the what, audience listen what, to that. What's on the docket? Sure, People we don't have to do that. So this ended up the... being a little bit of a shorter podcast than I expected for Titanic, guys. Yeah, a little any, disappointing. Any parting thoughts? Any parting thoughts? No, look, I mean, I I, I think I think this is one of those. Th- cultural achievements that you can't really ignore you know we're we are cynical guys who were at you know an, probably the most cynical age when this movie came out you know for the romance um that's true and so like it, i think all all our age only liked when the guy fell off the edge and hit the propeller and yeah, then, yeah. Oh, that was the best mo- oh thank god a moment for us um <laughs> but uh you know, like Cameron deserves a lot of credit for this. And, you know, I think there, there is something about making a mass appeal movie like this that 
sustains and builds an audience and wins Oscars and I think for the most part was universally acclaimed by critics. That that works. I, I don't think it's one of the great movies personally, but I, I just don't think you can deny its <clears throat> achievement. And I I agree. And I also will watch this movie many more times in my life. Yeah. Like probably not start to finish. It's rare that I do that, but like it is if it's on, especially if it's in that later hot half i'll watch it and you know it usually if a little bit of time goes by i'll i'll watch a significant amount of it to be like i'm curious how i feel about titanic i i've always felt like i liked it i think i liked it a little less this time around than i thought i would or have in the past but it's it's you know it'll always be there like it's not one of these movies like even amadeus which we all liked when when's the next time you guys plan on watching amadeus you know uh, and that's was a hundred percent a, a, you know, on our great movie series, it fit, it hit that standard. Titanic probably doesn't, but I feel like it's a movie that I enjoyed watching, even if it's not that good all the way through. Yeah, it's it's an impressive piece of cinema, and I actually really enjoyed it this time around. I laughed out loud at some of the dialogue, and I also think the casting wasn't great, despite those two being two of my favorite actors uh so I, I i give more blame on cameron on that but i i it's just it's a piece of cinema history that can't be ignored and i don't know there's there's something about it there's definitely something about it that rings true for a, a big wide audience and and that's why it did as well as it did final question do you guys care that Jack dies in this movie no don't bring it up again well and just and that's (laughs) sort of a you know in that you know more broadly like do you care does this movie make you care about what happened to the people on this ship I do I do does it effectively pull that off I think it's interesting. This time around, I was like, yeah, I get it. I get it when Victor Garbo was like, fuck's sake, I built a bad ship. I didn't put enough I think he's really good in this movie. I like, like I get it. And I get, like, I had that moment with the other guy who was like, I need you to, to have full speed ahead. And he got on the lifeboat and he was just like oh, shivering yeah. and pretend. Like, I had that moment where I was like, you piece of shit. Like, My, the like moment he, for me was when, um, Murdoch shot himself like I yep. think that that's a moving moment for me and I'd always remembered it being and I think that was the and that's why the I kind of wish as well that's kind of why I wish the whole movie allowed us to allowed us to see more of those characters because I think but I think it did a good job of at least showing us see, yeah but I want that what, instead of the love story that's what's interesting. get rid of the love story yeah. if they would have done that we would have loved this movie oh yeah it's all about the it's all about the guys inside the guys who build it and then the yeah. tragedy it can be that, about the passengers too I want to see all of coal. it we'd love that but it wouldn't yeah, those be guys it down would there. not have been the movie that it became no, but I, you know, we're here to recommend to Cameron how to make better movies, and you should remake. I just think it about men shoveling coal. Look, like when when that all those guys down there, you know, get drowned and they're like running for the the doors before they're closing. It's an exciting action scene, but you don't yeah. care about those characters. Yeah, you don't see saying, them drown. Yeah, I'm not saying that you need... What are like, you talking about? Like, I'm like, get through the door. Get through the fucking door. What, you didn't feel that way? Or just like... Yeah, because right, it's an ex- I haven't seen that person for 30 minutes, so I don't care uh, about their lives. Are, you're, you're missing the point. Like, I I just think that there was an interesting story that was that could be told about the passengers and the crew and how those passengers dealt with the class systems and how how you learn about what their jobs were and also learn about the people that were on the ship as passengers and then you that and I then you like see you those wanted, same uh, characters TV experience series. the sinking of the ship instead of honing in on this pointless love story that just doesn't matter because well, these I like lo- I like the love story because it was able to explore the different classes that's true. That that's but a good point. It, but, it's a good vessel, but let's. It's a little bit like 
a beautiful mind. It's like you took a real subject and then you invented, you completely invented something to make it palatable for wow, beautiful a modern mind audience. Was terrible. But do you know what I, I mean? I like think the the he wasn't whatever. We talked about that. I I look. I think that you get an exploration of the class system through that relationship. That's fine. I'm talking about the people. You don't learn anything really that interesting about Jack. You don't really even learn all that much interesting about Rose. Like there's this throwaway line where her mother says that like we lost everything. We need you to marry Rich. Like it, there's not anything deep about these characters in this movie. So yeah, if- I wanted I wanted more substance on them. I especially wanted more substance on Jack. He he almost seemed perfect. Like he always had the right answer. He was just like, ooh. Like I'm, I'm, I'm good looking and uh, quick and I'm sure whatever. A... Nothing matters. Even to his death, you're just like, what the fuck, dude? Like, show some panic. Like, this is not good. Like, you met this girl four days ago, and you're like, oh, I'll die for you. I'm sure there's a theory on the internet that Jack didn't actually exist, and that Rose just like made him up. If, the, long, if there isn't one, one there's going to be in a couple minutes. So, One long masturbation session. Yep. <laughs> she just laid down on the couch yeah. naked and imagined somebody drawing her. She just woke up. She's like, fuck, I'm drowning. <laughs> better hop okay. on this board. All right. That'll wrap it up for our return edition of the Get Your Film Fix podcast. Check us out on Instagram. Email us at feedback at gyffpodcast.com. Let us know your thoughts on Titanic. Let us know your thoughts on our opinions of Titanic, whether we got this one right or wrong, whether you think it belongs on the great movie series list. Uh, And tune in next week when uh, I think we'll be discussing Steven Soderbergh's No Sudden Move, which will be available on HBO Max July 1. I'm staying. I'm finishing my coffee. Enjoying my coffee.